We are here because we are dedicated to helping the entire CrossFit community. Determined to elevate coaches, box owners, athletes, and everything in between, we believe that this mission will begin right here, right now. While this time and this goal begins with you, our hope is that you take this fire ignited within you and weave it into your own life with the same unrelenting passion to give those you have the privilege of coming in contact with the best hour of their day. Back in your lives, Fern Ackerman, Katie Springstein, young Katie, 45. What's 45? I definitely have told you this before. It's Rudy Rudiger's Rudiger's number. Katie Uh Galley was taken. So then Katie Galley, 45. Yeah. Yeah, you did tell us that. And uh, big news, big news for the listeners. Katie's going to watch Ted Lasso this weekend with her hubby, Tyler. And um, about damn time. Ted Lasso listeners, let, let us hear from you. Shoot a DM to the best hour IG, not the best hour CrossFit IG, not to be confused with that best hour CrossFit in Arvada, Colorado, 100% retention rate here. Um, but shoot, shoot them DM to best hour of their day. If you love Ted Lasso and let Katie hear it. Because I also, think- I want to know your favorite character. That is not Ted Lasso from me or from 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 the listeners. So you can't pick Ted Lasso. Who's your favorite character? Who's yours? I, I know. Wait, let me let's 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 guess each other's. Okay. Okay. Here's where I'm going. I know yours. I, I, know, <laughs> I don't even know mine yet, but I'm anxious to hear. I would. Here's the thing for you. I would say Roy Kent. However, <laughs> however, <laughs> However, like I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Coach Beard. It's not Coach Beard. I, I would. That's you. Uh, that's like you're quiet, but you're a quiet assassin. But you're also not a number two guy, which Coach Beard kind of is. Um, he's a great number two, though. Yeah. He's so, really OK, so who's yours then? I do like Roy Kent. I think Roy Kent is my yeah. he's, he, he's like the funniest character because of the, his his attitude. He's so good. Yeah. Who's mine? Coach Beard. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I would go with Ted Lasso, but you, if you, if you remove yeah. him from the equation, yeah. Uh, I like I, Danny. I like. Danny I do like Danny Rojas. Rojas. Uh, yeah. I think Higgins cannot be overlooked. Yeah, and he's a, he's, alert, a, he's a subtle but but necessary character in the in the plot. For sure, and uh, spoiler alert: it's not Nate. No. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Think of who else. I do. I like Jamie Tart though. Yeah, Jamie Tart. When you were, oh, you know what? I think I just sang Baby Shark. Actually, I find myself singing Baby Shark all the time. Did you have that when you with your kids? Did you have a song that was like always playing? Baby Shark, Big Hero Six, Bubble Guppies, Frozen One, Frozen Two, Aladdin. All Disney movies. Yeah. Well, all you know, Madison's still young. We did take our family photos last night, but we're seeing Dave Matthews band this weekend, Fern, if you want to join. And oh, nice. and we've talked about it a little bit, but one of my favorite songs is, oh, this is actually tying to Ted Lasso. So Dave Matthews band is like one of those bands where your favorite song kind of changes over the years and, and morphs and depending on what's going But one of my favorite songs has always been Jimmy Thing. It's from Under the Table and Dreaming, but the live version often goes like 
15, 20 minutes back when Boy Tinsley was in the band. Yeah. They would always jam it out. But then there's like, an out. That's like 41. 41's the same way. Yeah. 41's probably my number two. And um, they, they do an outro. So an outro is like the song ends and they always kind of go into the same thing. And the outro they do for Jimmy thing is called Sexy Motherfucker. Right. And so in a weird way, I've been singing that to Madison. Like I've been like sexy motherfucker shaking that ass. And I'm like, I probably shouldn't be singing this through an eight month old, but it's just, I love it. And she smiles and dances, but tying it into Ted Lasso, the most recent episode when they're playing pinball and the doc puts in SMF for sexy motherfucker. And he's like, shout out Mr. Nelson. That w- that's how deep the references run. That was, he's referencing Prince. Cause it's originally a Prince song. Like, Oh man, I can't even get too into it. But anyway, Katie, I'm just happy that you get uh, that to enjoy this. Yeah, yeah, that you get to watch it. So I'm excited to report back. Excited and to I, not be fired next. You'll week. definitely <laughs> think that I am Roy Kent, the grumpy cat. You are Roy Kent. Yeah, <laughs> you are Roy Kent. So Fern, we just got back from New Jersey, though. Jersey, dirty Jersey, Jersey, and yeah. um, the affiliate summit was fantastic. We had a great time at CrossFit Paramus or Gorilla Fitness. Gorilla CrossFit. Fitness. Yep. Yep. Uh, Greg Arsenic, the owner. And uh, Joe. Shout out to David Osorio for inviting us. Austin Maliolo for, you know, a home office having us be a part of it. Daniel, Daniel Hell for putting it for Hale for putting it all together. It was great. It was, a, it was an awesome time. I think it was 40. I believe the number was 40 affiliates. Well, 41 with me at the best hour CrossFit. Oh, well, 42 with me then. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I know we're joking, but for the listeners, I am an affiliate owner again. It is just my garage. Like we're not accepting memberships. Although if you want to join 10,000 a year, 10,000 a year, um, you come you one hour. That's no, it. no, you don't. No, you don't go there. It's just 10,000 a year to, to get a t-shirt. I did tell, I did tell Roz, maybe we should start accepting members. Let me know how that goes. <laughs> but what were Can't some wait. of your biggest take? Well, first of all, Katie, let's give a shout out to Fern. Fantastic lecture delivered by Fern. What was the title of the lecture? World class affiliate? Affiliate success. Affiliate success. Um, we do have it recorded. We are not sharing it just yet, but we may share it in the future. But Great job for knocked it out of the park. I mean, tying it in with CrossFit, the level one and some of the aha moments I was able to see while you were giving it were, were awesome. You know, whenever you're in front of 40 affiliates, I think a lot of times you're like, oh, they're going to think they know everything or they've heard everything or they don't need to, you know, listen to some guy from Virginia that's owned, you know, two affiliates. But man, they were they were really into it. I heard back from many people that, a, they love the lecture. B was the highlight of the day. They had a lot of takeaways. So we do want to share it in the future, but but great job, Fern, on that. What was it like putting that lecture together? It was really fun, honestly. Like I I, I had a good time putting it together. I was excited to give that lecture. Um, just like I'm excited to give uh, you know, many of the theory lectures in the level one and level two course. So it was really fun, but it was it was fun to be able to help connect dots for affiliate owners in a language that they already understand to make this start to get easier down the road. Obviously it's, you know, it's very much like CrossFit. I think affiliate ownership is, which is simple, not easy is typically the, the path that we should all 
go towards. And I think uh, most of us start to chase complex and com and complicated. And uh, that is also not easy. So why not just go simple? Um, and uh, what was really fun for me is, is looking at that is just in general, because you and I have both had the good fortune of diving deep into the level one guide and the trainer manual for almost for the past decade. And then taking a lot of those concepts and then just using them elsewhere. I've yet to find many areas outside of my life that I can't take some of those, some of those theories or concepts and apply them to other things. And for me, uh, cause that's the, first, I've, I've been playing around with a lot of those ideas for, for many, many years. Uh, and it was very fun to actually put pen to paper and kind of make them come to life a little bit. Uh, so that was super rewarding. Um, but also the big for me is I want, I want to give people rules because when I really kind of looked at all this and, and started to wrap my brain around it, I couldn't unknow it anymore. It's like one of those things where like, once you know it, you can't unknow it anymore which is really important with regard to business ownership. And that, that's what I hope a lot of people took away from that is like, once you know that you can't unknow it and you might, you might be able to bullshit other people about what needs to happen, but you can't bullshit yourself. Same thing with your fitness. It's like, you might be able to tell other people that you, you know, well, I just, it was the workouts and whatever, but the reality is just like, you're not fit. You have deficiencies that you have yet to address. And, and that is the actual problem. Um, and your affiliates the same way. And looking at the affiliate through the lens of an athlete, but, but with all the same type of objective metrics that we could quantify is the real takeaway from that. So we're going to do quite a few more and I can't wait to talk because it was, uh, it was really fun just to connect with affiliates and get, and we did, you know, we kind of got to get you and I got to bounce around as they did some of the breakouts, uh, that Dave, David Osorio ran, uh, that afternoon, which is also really fun to kind of, you know, get to hear people open up and talk about what's going on in their lives and their affiliates and the struggles that they're having. And, you know, newsflash, you're not alone. A lot of people all the way up and down the ladder are having the same issues. You know, people that are, that are doing really well and their affiliates still have issues. And uh, it's refreshing to hear that. You know? Yeah. I'm going to give you two of my favorite takeaways from your lecture. One, I think the tie into the sickness, wellness, fitness continuum so if you think back to your level one listeners, there's the sickness, wellness, fitness continuum. Coach Glassman created it. And he basically said, you can plant any biomarker on there. You go to the doctor, you get your blood drawn or you get your blood pressure done. And we can say, you know, based on your blood pressure being, you know, uh, 140 over 110, you are sick. Uh, you're 120 over 80, you're well. You're 110 over 60, you're fit. Body fat, you know, over 30%, you're sick. You know, call it a... 22% you're well, less than 10, you're fit, et cetera. You could do the same thing for markers inside the gym. If you can't deadlift your body weight, that's a problem. You're sick. If you can deadlift your body weight, you're well. If you can do double your body weight, you're fit. And, and ultimately we determined fitness is a hedge against sickness. So the fitter you are when life comes at you, be it a stressful period in your life, a new child or a pandemic, it's going to take you time to slowly go back. You have to go through wellness. In other words, you have to go back through being healthy before you get to sick. And box ownership is the same. And, and basically what happened the last two years in that pandemic exploited, most boxes were not at fitness. They were probably not even at wellness. Yeah, I would argue they were not at well. 
Right. So a pandemic club comes and you have to close for two months or a year, depending on where you lived and you shut down because you're back to sickness or you barely hang on. Mm -hmm. So I think that was a really great analogy. And then the other aspect of that tying into it was something you said that really, you know, made me think many box owners are making just enough money to survive, like just enough to hang on. It's like being in a relationship where you're like, all right, they did one nice thing. I'll stick around. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, whether it's $500 or a thousand dollars and, or not even making the conclusion that they're not actually making money at the box, their part-time gig that they're working, you know, at Starbucks or wherever they're working is actually what's paying their bills. And those boxes are, you know, one false move away from closing. And I think, I think that was one of the biggest eye openers to me. And what, I don't know about you, Fern, but one overarching theme that I heard throughout the day was box owners getting buy-in from their coaching staff. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's like this, the same box owners that were complaining, Hey, my coaches, you know, don't want to cover classes when they need a sub or my coaches don't care. I'm like, how many of those box owners that were there are not paying their coaches? Quite a few. And and this is not number one, this is not unique to this. And so a number one, if you go to these summits, everything you talk about there is um, what's the word I'm looking for? Confidential, right? So if you go there, I, whatever you talk about with anybody there, like nobody's going to come out and talk about, it. we're not going to talk about any of the details. Right, we're not uh, using uh, specifics. Yeah, we're, we're not. not yeah. <clears throat> Which is cool that that creates a safe space. Um, but what I will tell you is none of the stories there are going to be unique across these summits. They're all it's going, going to be, be the same. They're going to be very, very similar across all of all the way across the spectrum, um, which sounds bad. However, I would look at it this way. It's good because if everybody has the same problem, well, that means we don't have to go find 85 separate solutions. We can find one to two good solutions to solve most people's problems. And then we can start addressing them. So we'll talk about the, the coaches and trying to get buy-in. And I believe we've talked about this before. I'd be shocked if we didn't. You are going to have a hard time getting coaches to buy in if you're doing a barter. And I will say in the same breath that I understand that if you have no money to pay coaches, you will have to barter. But herein lies the, the quandary, if you will. You have to solve that problem so that you can pay them. Something has to change. You cannot I mean, continue that or, or else nothing is going to change. There were some people, and, and, and I also want to say, these aren't only people from the summit. These are people we speak to as well, just on a regular basis. Yeah, they reach at out. no point is this like you, unique or specifically about the summit. Um, We've spoken to box owners that not only don't pay their coaches, that charge their coaches to be members of the gym. Mm -hmm. Like you, you, and, and, and here's, I've said a few things about. And I get why you would do that. By the way, I get right. why you, you would do that. If five you are coaches paying 150 bucks and all of a sudden we're telling you to give them free membership. That's $750. Yeah. And well, pay them. Well, that's what I've always told. This is the, this is what I realized years ago. If the coach, if I am going from getting a member paying, having somebody pay me a membership to paying them for a certain number of classes, there's two things that happen there. Let's say I was, they were paying $150. And then they become a coach. And now I'm going to be, end up paying them to coach 20 classes at 20 bucks an hour. So that's 400. That's actually four, it's, excuse me, that's actually $550 to them 
net to them. Right. They're not paying 150 and they're now getting $400 on top of that. So this, because uh, we're having this conversation too, which is getting buy-in from your coaches, it is a must that the expectation is set from the jump. And this is where I find that most often is the problem. There was not a clear discussion about how it works, what each party wanted out of this so that it could be a win-win. And then more importantly, like what doesn't make it work? Right. I know it sounds ridiculous to be like, Hey, listen, if we're going to date, like you can't cheat on me. And I, cause like you never want to assume, right. You know, we're not going to assume, but if I like, listen, you can't do that. And they're like, Oh, okay. Cause I was definitely going to, but now that you said that I can't. Now that I didn't realize I, I, I didn't, I, I thought didn't that, was okay. that was frowned upon. Uh, right. I, I thought that, that was okay. I thought that was okay. So speaking of, speaking of that, I'm re-listening to the four agreements, just a classic, like such a short read. I'm listening to it. You, you can't go wrong. Do yourselves a favor. I'm trying to get on the son of the author uh, to the podcast. So, um, but, but check out that book. Can help me reframe this. Fern, because I've said this and I'm going to offend some people. So, so, so it's what you do pre- prevent me from getting canceled after I say this. Um, you and Lou. Okay. It's pretty, it's pretty cheap to open a CrossFit affiliate. I, I, I would say relative, right? Relative, so, right. Yeah, relative yeah, yeah. to uh, F45 or an Orange Theory or uh, any franchise. Uh, yeah. Anything like that. You're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars on the front end to open one of those. So, well, what do you think is the, I, I position it as 25 grand. What do you call it to open a box? You could do it for way less than that. Yeah, even that, right? And and I'll give you guys uh, how my third box, not my fourth best hour CrossFit, my third CrossFit Soul Shine, I, I did on a 0% credit card. So not only was it, you know, in that price range, but I didn't owe it for like 18 months. So if if A, it's not crazy expensive, relatively speaking, B, assuming you have decent credit, you can probably get a 0% card and you have 18 months to earn that back, which we more than did. I mean, at that point, you know, we paid it off early. We were making money, et cetera. But it also, for two days of your life, meaning the level one certificate course, that's all you need. Two days and about 25 grand. The, the barrier for entry is, is, again, relatively low. Exactly. Uh, and, I, and I think for something that is good, such as CrossFit for something that has a profound impact on people's lives, such as CrossFit for something that has so much benefit, such as CrossFit. I don't believe the barrier for entry should be high. I just don't. And right. Imagine if, imagine if you were like, Hey, uh, we're going to now have you apply and mark up the cost to eat vegetables and fruit, everybody. And you're like, uh, that seems kind of fucked up. Like, how are we supposed to all start doing that? Right. Because I may not have the means and all these other things. So I get that everybody wants quality control and all of that kind of stuff. Um, number one, mind your own business. But like, but, I don't, you should like, this is, this is like the same shit your parents tell you when they're just like, listen, I don't care what Timmy's doing. You need to take care of yourself. I'm still a firm believer. We just talked about it on our coaches development call of the cream rises to the top. I I think the fact that there are bad affiliates being run out there is good for the ones being run. Well, 
Um, and I, I also said, and what is bad, by the way? Like, I like I was bad. That's Should I've never had the opportunity to to improve my thing. Like, I don't know an affiliate that really started that was really good. Yeah, and how do you get to good? You have to go through bad, right? And I also think we're in a day and age where the masses, the population out there, is understanding these are different, right? Um, we, you have to go to maybe two or three before you find the right fit for you, and the right fit for you may be indicative to. <clears throat> The, the time classes are offered. It might be the price. It might be, you know, best coaching. You know, my buddy who lives in Austin, in New York, and I were chatting. I'm trying to get him to join a CrossFit. And he's like, I'll go to this one. It's down the road. I'm like, no, no, no. Google CrossFit. Screenshot me which affiliates pop up and I'll send help me, direct you. Yeah, yeah, send me the ones and I'll tell you what I think. Because I know what to look for. And also, you know, I'm not far removed from that area. I've, I've heard of quite a few. But, you know, price or barrier to entry is low. And, and, and for that reason, my, my statement to a lot of coach or box owners is, you know, knowing that the barrier to entry is low, you have a coaching staff. They could do this on their own. So there's something that's preventing them from doing that. And that could be financially. They just don't have it. That could be, they have a full-time job. That could be, they don't have a supportive significant other that would allow them to do it. Yet you expect your coaching staff to be to care as much as you do. That's crazy. Is it crazy? Like, so I'm, no, you know, crazy. I'm trying to kind of. No, I used to I'm think saying. that, by the way. I used to think that because I was naive and stupid, and I didn't understand when you. Well, you could be naive and not stupid, right? Like, I don't think. You're well, stupid I'm for sure you could. I'm just. I, I'm sure you could. I just happened to be both, right? So, yeah, or, you know, so that. unfortunate for me. The. But the point is, like, I, I remember that. And I remember, like, hey, they need to care as much as I do. And that's, ju that's just silly. It's, it's, we've, and we've talked about this at nauseum. It's impossible. They did not quit their job and take out a loan or sell their car uh, or live in the gym in order to start this thing. They couldn't possibly understand what it is that was sacrificed in most instances to go down this road. It's not fair for you to think that they should be bought into the extent that you are. It's not their thing. It's like asking somebody to come in and, and care about your house as much as you care about your house. They're like, it's not my house. I don't give a shit. They're like, take your shoes off. I'm trying to keep the floors clean. They're like, I mean, I walk around in my house with my shoes on. I'm like, well, like, who cares? Right? Like, the point is they're different. And, if, and everybody wants them to just know what they, it was they're supposed to care about. And they never tell them. 99 times out of 100 when we have this discussion, I'm like, have you told them what you want? And they're like, well, they should just know. And I'm like, that, this, is a, this is a fucked up relationship. Just like if you are talking about your, your, with your spouse, they're like, hey, I, like, I don't understand why you just don't understand how I feel. I'm like, because you don't talk. Yeah, you don't That's tell why. me. I can't you don't read your mind. Right? It's the same thing with your coaching staff. You have to tell them. You have to set the expectation. For, we were having a conversation the other day about coaching hours about switching people on the schedule. And they're like, well, how do I shift over to make sure that, you know, like the, the old adage where you're like, Hey guys, send me your availability. And you got the one guy in the group who's like, well, I'm not available at 6am. And I'm like, well, I didn't ask you if you wanted to coach at 6am. I asked you if you were available. And I know for a fact, you don't work at 6am. So you are available at 6am. And those are different questions. I didn't ask you if you wanted to. And so People have this all the time with regard to scheduling and getting coaches to buy in. I was like, number one, you have to make it fair, right? So I can't design something that just screws over one person. I have to, have to design something that goes across the board, meaning like, hey, everybody's going to take a 6 a.m. at some point. You can't just coach one class at a time. You have to coach at least two in a block of time. 
you got to coach a minimum of 10 classes a month, right? Put some pretty reasonable parameters on it because now when I go to talk to somebody or somebody approaches me about coaching, I'm like, here are the requirements for you to do this job. At which point they'll be like, well, I'm not a morning person. I'm like, so you don't, so you have no intention of coaching at 6 a.m. They're like, well, man, I just really not that good in the morning. I'm like, cool. This has been a fun conversation, but you can't do this job. Like, I don't necessarily like getting up at 4.45 in the morning either. But that's the job. Yeah, and, and, and for the record, you have to be willing to lose that person. If my box owner here told me I have to coach the 5 or 6 a.m., I'd be like, peace, I'm out of here. Like, I don't care. I don't want to do it. Um, you know, but and, and part of that is the, the second aspect of the statement I want to make is most people don't do it for the money, whether they're bartering or getting paid $20 an hour. They do it for the love of coaching. They do it because CrossFit has impacted their life and they want to pay that forward. However, you know, it's the box owner needs to appreciate that and develop them. And so many box owners plug their coaches in and then they're just like, cool. You got your level one last weekend. You're on the schedule now. See you in three months and do nothing to develop them. Like, or I'm sorry, coaches only do this because they want to get better at this craft. So box owners need to develop them. And what we hear all the time from both the box owner and the coaching staff is there's no feedback happening. There's no development happening. You know, it's, it's, it's plug and play and that's it. I think there's two problems here. I don't think any party, I don't think either party is uh, responsible for all of the blame. I think it just like in every relationship, I think it falls on both parties. Number one, most gym owners start their affiliate because they're like, I want to coach athletes, right? I want to help people. And they leave out something pretty significant, which is arguably your part of that is that I'm going to start a, a business and is in there is like, I have to lead those coaches. Now, Coaches need to be willing to be led and you need to be a team player. So if you're not a team player, in my opinion, I don't think you deserve to be led, right? You need to be both a leader and a follower at some times, at, at some points. So I think this is something that both coaches and box owners have to acknowledge is that, hey, my job as a leader, as a box owner is to lead, not just the members, but the coaches, which means I'm going to have to eat a lot of shit sandwiches and I'm going to have to get up and I'm going to have to fold the laundry and I'm going to have to clean up when somebody else doesn't do it. And then coaches, what they have to understand is like, hey, if this is something that you want to pursue, you have to act like it's something that you want to pursue and not just do it in a half-assed manner and then be upset when nobody helps you. Like that's not reasonable. And again, all of this starts with a good conversation on the front end. And I've done it really poorly before. And I think I've done it okay. And I get better at it every time I do it because as I get better at having the conversations and setting the expectation and making sure like, hey, this is what needs to happen, I tend to have less problems. So what are some best practices? What are some of the, let's go back five, seven years ago. What were some of the, give me three of the biggest mistakes you made as a box owner with your coaching staff. Uh, cool. So we'll start with interns, not telling people that this does not guarantee that you will coach. Right. So someone, Hey, I'm interested in coaching here. I just took my level one. Uh, and, and uh, I'm want to do your internship process mm -hmm. and you would tell them what it is. Yeah. We'll start you tomorrow. And then they and would get through and they would not make it. And they'd be like, what did and, not make it look like? Meaning like, you're not going to coach. This is not for you. 
And, and why would that be? For any number of reasons, either it was a personality issue or they were just not grasping the material or they just struggled uh, to too large of a degree with things like group management. It, it was just, it was not moving at the pace that it should in order to provide a good product on the floor. And now this was only their internship, so they weren't necessarily expected to be great. And I would probably assume some of them hadn't even attended their level one yet. They were going to. Most of them had uh, okay. or, or like in there. But no, but, the, but now here, here's what I'll tell you. The expectation wasn't for them to be great. The expectation was for them to be good enough that, that we could get them up to speed relatively quickly. Okay, so there, there's one. Not making it clear that this doesn't guarantee a job. Did you lose those people? Some, not, not, uh, mostly not. Uh, I well, I tell you what. Since we've started, since I've been clear with the with how that works, I, I don't think I've lost anybody that went through and didn't make it. And most and people, people don't. Okay, so you you set that clear expectation now. They they understand it. Period. Well, what was another mistake? Here's what is required if you want to be on the coaching staff with regard to hours coached. And what's that look like? It, uh, it means any, anything that is on the schedule could be given to you with the exception of like maybe a noon because you work or something like that. And this is the minimum number of hours that you have to, that you have to coach on a consistent basis in order and to stay. what is that number? For me, it's 10. And I don't, I don't even think I have anybody that coaches just 10. They have to go, that's a month, I assume. Correct. So, for example, if I if I came to you and was like, "Hey, Fern, I want to coach," and you're like, "Give to coach 10, 10 a month you know, on average, two and a half a week," um, and you knew no, my schedule, four. Oh, sorry, four. you know you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So two to three a week, and you're like, and I'm like, cool. I don't want to do the morning classes, and you're like, dude, I know you don't have another job or whatever, and you would assign me the six a.m. I have no right of refusal. Uh. Well, we skipped something. You'd have to accept that first. Meaning what? Meaning I would have to tell you that like, hey, this is part of it. And then you would have to say, that's okay. Okay. So if I really wanted to coach there and I say that's okay, I, I still don't have the opportunity. I would basically have to commit to knowing Fern might give me the 6 a.m. class. If it's needed and we need it done. Correct. Okay. Yeah, I think that's cool. Like, like I said, that might be a deal breaker for some, but if they accept it, they accept it, right? Like, but that's don't okay. accept it if it's a deal breaker. But that's okay, right? Because everybody forgets that this is supposed to be a win-win. Like if you want to come in on the staff and learn something, well, then the business needs to get something out of it as well, which is like a good teammate that is willing to contribute, not just somebody who wants to be a freeloader and wants free membership. If it's only convenient for the coach, then this is a really lackluster relationship it needs to be both and so like somebody was giving an example yesterday uh so and so canceled and crickets from the team like nobody wants to fill that class and we all know that that time of day on that day nobody's working and what has to happen is you have to get people to understand like everybody is going to have to bite the bullet at some point and if collectively we all agree that we're going to chip in then you have to do it way less frequently which is, okay, coach is 6 a.m. If you got five or six coaches and everybody's like, hey, listen, you're probably going to get about one a week. Nobody's really going to bitch about that. But if it's one person who gets it all the time and nobody else is willing to jump in on that, now it's a problem because they're like, well, I don't want to do that. 
It's like, well, cool. I don't want to pay rent either, but guess what? So I I think you have to set that expectation on the front end. So it's just like, Hey, you're going to continue to pay your membership during the internship. This does not guarantee that you will get a job. Even if you're good enough, it's based on the needs of the business. The needs of the business come first. It's just like seminar staff, really, you know, people like, how do I get on seminar staff? I'm like, well, a, they need you. They they need to need you. They need to need you. Right. So it's just like, I I mean, if I don't, if I don't have a spot for you, I can't help you. Now I'm willing to let you do this and give you a skill set in the event that something does open up that we could plug in pretty quickly. I have no problem doing that. And we have lots of people that do that. So here's what that looks like. Right. It's a no is not a no forever. Right. It's just be like, Hey, listen, like, what does it hurt to have somebody that is, that is, I mean, think about this. Like if you were really in a jam, like everybody like got COVID, like the whole staff and you're just like, well, Katie hasn't done a ton of coaching, but did she did go the end through the internship and she, you know, we didn't have a spot for her, but she could run a class. Right. Okay, cool. Better than nothing. Right. So you can still have that, that backup there, but I think setting the clear expectation about, um, how that is going to work. And then just being very clear that like, this needs to be beneficial for both. It can't just be you leeching off of the, of the business. Like, if you're going to get something out of this, then the business needs to get something out of it too. Okay. So you, you mentioned two things now, you know, a, it's not a guarantee and B, you know, setting those expectations. Do you have one more? Yep. Feedback, feedback, it? feedback. You got to get feedback. You have to let people know where they stand. This is something I learned from my dad years ago when I was playing for him in high school. And he would always tell me, he's like, listen, I'm going to be the first one to tell you when you do a good job. And I'm going to be the first person to tell you when you do a bad job. But you will never, ever, 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 ever not know where you stand. You will, it will always be very clear. And he was straight up. He was like, you crushed it. Or he'd be like, you sucked. And that was okay. He's just like, it doesn't mean you, you suck as a person, but tonight you sucked. Let's fix it. Or that was one of the best games you've ever had. I'm proud of you. You're you going to be same a, thing you're on your coaching be a division thing. one basketball player one day, son, by the way, gonna, Katie, you're going to ride the pine and let me go one. on a well, tangent well for a second. Yeah. This one dude at the summit, also division one basketball player. It was like long lost brothers meeting. Like these two just connected. Kyle we and I, we embraced. Shit I didn't understand. There's a secret handshake. All right. Yeah. Um, but, um, but from, from what I'm hearing is you're setting pre, during, and post expectations. Like, right. hey, this doesn't guarantee you. If you do make it, here are my expectations. Beyond that, my expectation is you're going to continue to develop and I'm going to help you do that. Yeah. And, and most people avoid it because it doesn't feel great to tell people that they're not doing well. Again, flip that, flip that mindset over and say, does it feel good to push people towards success? Uh, yeah. And in order to do that, we have to identify what is wrong. And this, again, Eric Preston is like, hey, catch people in the act of doing good. You need to tee them up to do good. You need to show them what good is. You need to tell them. I was just having this conversation with Cassie the other day. I was like, hey, we need to sit down and talk about a couple of things. Because I want to make sure that you're crystal clear on what failure looks like, but I also want to make sure that it, we're crystal clear on like what rock star status looks like. So we're just gonna we're just gonna literally put both of those lines in the sand right now, and it'll be very clear on like we're crushing it, or we're doing okay, or this is not acceptable. And then when we have to go have the conversation about 
you know, whatever it might be that is unacceptable, it's not shocking to anybody. Like we already established that beforehand. This is what makes it easy. And it's because we have not done our work on the front end. And for coaches, you need to be open to that. And if, and if the owner's not telling you that, you need to ask them like, hey, what would failure look like? What is, what is like going to get me fired? And then what would put me number one on your roster of coaches? Give me that list of things. Nobody wants to suck. Like people don't get out of bed every morning. Like, man, I can't wait to suck shit at what I do today. People don't even want to be adequate. They want to no. be exceptional. The problem is lack of expectations. Like nobody's telling people where or, or society's so soft about being like, listen, this could be better because they're afraid of hurting people's feelings. When I'm like, you don't have to hurt people's feelings by giving them feedback. I used to think back in the day, level two, quite frankly, like if you didn't make somebody cry, it wasn't good feedback. You know, <laughs> I've seen it happen. Not from you, I've seen it happen others. a ton of times, but we, I think we've all collectively got better about that, which is like, it's not about making people feel inadequate. It is about getting them up the ladder faster. So like, Hey, let me identify like, this is not great. However, here's how we can make it better. And here's how we could do it in relatively short order. And, and here are the tools and tricks that I'm going to give you that would get you there. You don't even have to figure this out by yourself. I'm just going to tell you what they are. I was at a level two it was international and I was watching one of the level two trainers or not trainer, one of the seminar staff give feedback from my group. I was kind of watching and I was like looking how miserable that person that was getting the feedback was. And in my mind, I was like, I never want to be delivering feedback like that. I always want to keep it fun and encouraging. That was a tremendous eye opener for me, but you know, Knowing everything you just said, especially that last piece where it's like no one gets out of bed to be average or, or mediocre, you know that about your training staff. And I would venture to say 80 to 90% of affiliates are not providing feedback. Or they're not providing the right feedback or appropriate feedback. I was just having a conversation with uh, Kristen Bowen. So I work with Kristen a lot. I would consider her one of my mentors. She's a flow master. She's been Great girl. Yeah, she'd be great. She's a, she's an amazing person. And uh, we were talking about it and, I, and it was during the course of the feedback and, and we work together a lot. So we've, we've, I think we've had a, we have a healthy relationship of, of um, professional feedback. Um, but I told her, I was like, I think you are one of the best people on seminar staff about giving candid feedback, right? Like we worked together a lot and she never doesn't have feedback for me. And what's interesting was, um, and we've been working together for eight years. She's like, well, it's interesting you say that because she's like, it's, it's really, really difficult for me. I, I, I've had, I have to put in a lot of work to give feedback. It's, it's, not, it's not something that comes natural to her. It is something that comes natural to a lot of people. I would say it, 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 it quasi comes natural to me. That doesn't mean I'm good at it. Just kind of like the, the uncomfortable conversations are, are a little bit more natural for me. Um, and I say that because... You, it doesn't have to be comfortable, right? You, you can still get good at it. I think she's exceptional at it. And she would told me point blank. She's like, I, I don't necessarily enjoy it. I find it to be uncomfortable. And I'm like, well, it doesn't show, right? And as an affiliate owner, that's the way you should look at it. You don't necessarily have to like it, but that doesn't mean that not being good at it is acceptable if you want to grow a great team. Well, it's something you kind of perused over is the fact that it's not feedback for feedback's sake. Right. It's, it's ideally actionable. 
It's ideally a mix of both. Like you said, it's not just like, Hey, you didn't do X, Y, and Z, but also you did this really not, you know, the, the cliche compliment sandwich, like, man, right. Fantastic whiteboard brief. Uh, I noticed three people were rounding their backs really bad in the, in the, in the deadlift. Um, so let, let's, let's consider that in the future. Uh, but, but you connected well with, you know, like whatever it looks like. Right. So I think it, it, it's a two way street. And then also the, the coaches themselves have to be open to that. Like you, if you want to develop, you have to, like you said, with Cabo be open to the idea that I'm going to get feedback fairly often. Or request it yeah, and, 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 and just be open to the fact, just be objective, right? Be humble about it. I like just, as a, just understand like, this is not perfect. Like there's no such thing. Even as a level four coach, like when I coach classes, I want feedback, whether it's from the members, if another coach isn't there, if a coach is taking class, I mean, the box owner does not show up for my classes, but like there's, I, I want feedback. And I, and part of that is also, I think another uh, a layer to this is no, never be complacent, right? It doesn't matter if you're level one or level four, want to be better. And from a coaching standpoint, like if you're the one getting feedback, understand that, that a lot of people, this will be one that people would be combative about essentially. Right. So I'll give my personal example. So Kristen has given me feedback. She's like, Hey, listen, don't put your hands in your pockets and don't lean on things just looks unprofessional. Right. And I'm not trying to be unprofessional, but I've just, I tend to be a, a little bit more of a relaxed person, you know, just I'm, I'm the opposite of Jay. Like he's clenched yes. butthole. I'm not right. So I right know. Yeah. Right. So, um, and a lot of people would just be like, well, that's just, that's just the way I am. It's like, okay, that's fine. Just don't be like that during the 60 minutes you coach class. Okay. I, I don't care if you're whatever. It's like, it looks like shit. Don't lean on the pull-up rig. That that's the classic. Like, that's just me. Cool. Yeah, just, I mean, you're an asshole. Like you can't <laughs> just walk around. Like that's the old, like, oh, it's just me. I tell people like it is like, no, you're an asshole. Like, and that's not great. Acceptable. And if you know, it is just not here. Right. If you want to do that, that's fine. But that or is my it's favorite, not, it's not professional. Yeah. One of my favorite coach Glassman, like isms, if you will, is how's that working for you? Yeah. I mean, do you no. want to get better? And and, if, and because if you do, then you're going to be open to feedback and you're going to be open to the fact that maybe you should not lean on the pull-up rig or maybe you should take your hands out of your pockets or maybe that you should put that pen down or maybe or you should smile drink, occasionally. Yeah, not eat or drink or, or do not whatever eat or, on or be on your phone or whatever. Like, I, I listen, all of those things are fine, but not in the context of what I'm asking you to do at this very moment. I mean, pr prior to our call today, we had a coach's development call. Katie's on it. I get on our call. And the first question I always have is, Katie, how was that? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's me seeking feedback. Like, and, you know, if Katie were like, Jay, what's the first thing I asked you this weekend? As soon as I was, I was a lecture and you were like wanted feedback, like and knowing that. I mean, and that's a common language. Like I listened to the lecture and truly thought, I mean, I told you, I was like, hey, dude, your handwriting needs improvement up there. Like I was like, I struggled. That's to read literally it. what you said. And I'm like, yeah. I write like a serial killer and I'm working on it. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't like. Fern, I don't like you or Fern, you did a shitty job. You, you needed that, wanted that. And that's, what's going to make it better. And then, you know, I also gave you positive, like you gave a line in there, you know, what was the line about retention? Which one? There's two. 
Retention is the independent variable. Yeah, retention is the independent variable most commonly associated with maximizing the growth of, with math with maximizing the rate of growth within your affiliate. Right, and I was like, dude, you smashed it, right? And then um, I I don't remember other feedback I necessarily gave you in the moment, but there was lots of feedback. And then we asked Austin for feedback, and then we recorded it and sent it over to other people for feedback. It's like you need that, so. You know, in summation with all this, it's a two-way street, but I guess we're primarily speaking to box owners on this episode. And it's like, hey. Well, coaches too. Like you have to understand that you, like it's some of this onus falls on you to seek it out. And if that person doesn't give you to, then move on to the next person. That's what I did. It's not the first person that I asked for feet like to help me was ne- almost was never wanted to help me. And then I just moved on to somebody else and asked them until you find yeah. somebody who wants to help you. And moving on to someone else may mean you have to go to a different affiliate. We've talked about right. that numerous times. Like coaches, you are not married to your affiliate. And if if your affiliate is not making you grow and making you happy, no different than a relationship, it's time to move on. That's it. So you never miss an episode of the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and on all major podcasting platforms at best hour of their day. Thank you so much for tuning in and for being a part of the best hour of our day. See you next time. You've heard me talk about it before, and I'm truly not joking. I'm being 100% genuine. I love Doc Spartan products. I use it every day. I talk about the Sex Panther beard balm. That's literally what is in my beard right now. And I use all of the scrubs. My favorite being the coffee scrub, just in the shower, gives you the tingles, gives you the feels. I love it. And there's so many other great products. I use their deodorant. I've used their hand care when I've had tears. Just check them out. It's veteran owned, you know, guy that was in the military serving our country, Dale. I got to know him over the years and he's just a great dude. And I started buying his products and he reached out to me and said, Hey, we want to support the show and we appreciate it. And I just want you guys to not only support Doc Spartan and Dale, but also reap the benefits. If you want to be sexy like me, then you want to check out Doc Spartan products, 15% off with the code best hour. That's best hour for 15% off anything at their website docspartan.com. Check out the coffee scrub and definitely check out the beard bomb. And ladies, there's stuff for you too. So head on over to docspartan.com, use the code best hour and save 15%.